0: boys and girls, I'm gnarly Gnome, this is Cincy Brewcast. Welcome back, it's another week. Another uh another wonderful episode of Cincinnati beer deliciousness for your ears. Uh beer beer for your ears. There's something something clever that we could do there, but I need to need to hire a marketing person. i up with everything. Uh, this is, as it usually is, this is an exciting show. This is one that uh, has been on my list for um, a while now to get done and to get booked to get down here and... Um and talk to you guys and it just keeps kind of slipping through the cracks or it doesn't work out or this or that and so I'm really really happy to be number one here at the Dunlap Cafe one of I can't say my favorite bar because I know that somebody will get mad at me but one of my absolute favorite bars in the city um, and talking to you guys from Off Track Brewing Company one of those places that I think there's a lot of people that don't know that you're here yet and so That's it's right. it's fun to help kind of get the word yes. out to everybody and uh, um talk about what you guys are all about. Introduce yourselves so people can hear your voice and uh, know who's who.
1: Yeah, sure. This is David Walters. I'm the uh, owner and head brewer of Off-Track Brewing Company.
2: And uh, I'm Dave Wilson, and I'm uh, also the brewer... Uh, assistant you and
0: maintenance and the maintenance guy also <laughs> Is, isn't pretty much all of brewing just yes. maintenance though yes <laughs> just a There's glorified maintenance job 24 hours a day um <laughs> oh I forgot to instagram my uh, hang on uh, there we go nothing like uh, interrupting the show to instagram um So let's let's start. uh, Let's just start from the talk. Talk about uh, um, what is off track. Why are we sitting in the Dunlap
1: Cafe? Well, off (laughs) off track right now is is a part time gig for Dave and I. We we started as home brewers for twenty years, and uh, which got out of control. I ended up buying a garage down the street uh, with some ideas of, of putting a brewery in there. Ran into some zoning issues and whatnot. Ended up closer to the Dunlap Cafe, right around the corner. Uh, we share we share an owner landlord on that property, and ended up uh, buying a commercial system and creating a, a partnership with the Dunlap Cafe to actually serve as our as our tap room. So. Uh, gave us a great opportunity to experiment and brew some beer and have have an outlet to sell it right around the corner, a uh, place that also has some pretty good food over here. I, I love the food here. Yes. Um, usually I just order a normal little
0: hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like... Jolly dogs are great it's, here. <laughs> it's like $2 for a hot dog. and you yep. can get Oh, man. I, Prices I, are great. I love this yes. place. I, there's a part of me that... And I know you guys probably feel very differently because your beer is here. But there's a part of me that's almost afraid about talking about this place too much with the fear that it'll change. And that... That's right. Yeah. Uh, there is a, a very large brewery the other direction over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm that yes. is full of lots of people all the time. And it's yes. very easy for them to sneak over here yes. and take this over. Right, <laughs> so we, want, yes. we want some it, of you to be here, but not all of
2: you. There's a fine line there <laughs> yes. for
1: sure, yeah.
2: Yeah, we like to have some of the clientele, but... We like to keep this little secret a little bit just yeah. to ourselves yeah. a little bit too, not this place will just explode. And- <laughs> but there there has to be a little bit of
0: that uh, um, that that double edged sword, I guess, behind. Yes. You. like you, you want people in here, and you want people to be able to try your beer. It's not. I mean, it's, I've seen it on tap a couple other places for special occasions and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know you guys did a collaboration with uh, Tuckery Mercado. Yes, right? yes. And then uh, what was the uh, what was the where the Bach go, the ginger Bach that was at. Uh, 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 Revel, Revel. We had it over at Revel. Yeah. So it, it pops up here and there, other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, if you want to try your beer, you pretty much have to come
1: here. That's true. That is yeah, cool. that's true. Other than other than collaborations and a couple of private label, you know, type experiments, it, it's all it's all basically been through through here. We we do sell some kegs directly to individuals and things like that, but for now this is this is it really yep
2: this is our outlet mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well it's also kind of it, it's it's interesting to me and
0: i you know we were just talking before we we started the show about the uh, the article that i put up today yeah. about uh new ales up in middletown which is mm-hmm. um they're kind of starting similar with without a quote-unquote tap room just kind of mm-hmm. diving into it and it's a it's a new thing that i don't think we've really seen um a lot of that I can think of off the top of my head here mm-hmm. in, in the city of places that are starting that small um versus going all in like yes. the guys around the corner <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. and then big, oh, yeah. big tap room big, big brewery um I'm talking about Ryan Geist, for anybody that doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) The big one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I think that, uh, as we've learned, it it takes a lot of capital to to open up a brewery and and go full-fledged into it with a tap room and a canning line and and everything else. And there's a lot of uncertainty around that, and uh, it's a big risk. So I think uh, the model of... Of starting small uh taking it slow i mean t- this assumes you have a day job which right. we do and, and most people do that get into this business um you know learn the craft and and grow into it over time if, if you can if you can afford to do that is is a much less risky way to you know t- to get into it and um i also think that you know the big breweries the big craft breweries you know you can see the The sales numbers are have kind of flattened out, but I think that just the smaller neighborhood type breweries still have still have a lot of growth to go.
0: Well, and it's it's fascinating. Well, before before I get in, we need we need to drink a beer before uh, get into that. But um, from the beer frame, my favorite segment on the show. Um, So I'm drinking the Schwartz beer. What do you guys have? You have the uh, pale ale?
1: We've got a pale ale. It's it's kind of a borderline uh, IPA. It's a little more sessionable IPA, I would say. And we work with Boondocks Hops, Hop Farm down in New Richmond, Ohio, uh, on this series. Uh, and just use their locally grown hops. Is Um, it a a rotating hop then, depending on... Yes. Yeah, the the hop track series is intended to be uh, uh, a rotating hop, um, just hop of the day type uh, series. And so as much as much of the yeah for the most part it's a single single hop hop. but um you know boondocks it continues to expand their their the varieties that, that they'll have available so we'll be able to to do some more you know, cool things with them over the next couple of years.
0: Is this as close to a, uh, a core beer as you guys have? Because I think it's almost always been on here when I've, yeah. when I've come
1: down. I mean, I think you know, we, we've kind of made a, a pretty strong German lager pivot um, over the last six months. And you know, before that, we were pretty much all ales. And um, since uh, we, we have a little more German influence here at the Dunlap, with some new ownership and new management, that we we did our first pilsner that turned out very well. And then uh, you know, we did our Oktoberfest as a lager last year. We did it as an ale. Same thing with our Bach. We did right. it as a logger this year. And and the Schwarzbier is is our first attempt at that. So. I would say our our core right now is, is the Pilsner, um, and you know, the idea would be to keep something light and drinkable pretty much on all the time, and then rotate more seasonally, whether it's a, an IPA or a red IPA or a, or a darker beer. I'm through.
0: curious, um, and I don't know how easy this is to answer, but you know the, the, the people that normally come in here and, and hang out... Um, th- a lot of people grabbing Hootie or High Life or whatever. It may be just the, mm-hmm. the, the the cheap, light kind of log, which the Pilsner would fit in with that kind of mm-hmm. category, but it's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be the, the $2 can or whatever it is that's up on the board. Right. Um, I'm curious if that plays into some of that decision of, of what to brew. The the beer still fits in with that idea. It's easy drinking. It's mm-hmm. light, even though it doesn't look like it. You know, but yeah, it's it, still it's, it's
1: still intimidating just because of, of the color. But
0: but I'm curious if sure. some of that inti- intimidation almost works to the favor of what you have on tap versus trying to compete with whatever the, the cans are that are um, the light, easy drinking beer.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely is a consideration. I wouldn't say we're we're taking the other extreme necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think we do try to offer things that are uh, you know or an easier bridge for somebody who's uh you know a light beer drinker that that wants to get into a craft beer there's an avenue for them to do that they don't it's you know they're not going straight to a a double ipa or an imperial stout or or whatever so um prior to our our pilsner uh i would say our sort of our baseline beer was a cream ale right and and we we actually are going to you know brew that again here pretty soon but um you know that actually ties in really well with some of these more traditional cincinnati styles right um and uh but uh you know price points kind of another consideration obviously you're going from two dollars to you know five six seven bucks for a pint and so we do try to you know offer a decent happy hour here with three dollar pints and um which kind of helps you know, because Dunlap's all about um, really kind of serve as many uh, you know types of people as possible. Right, well, and, and that's
0: just, the, the the point I was getting to before we dove into from the beer fridge. Um, you know, the, the, talking about the neighborhood brewery and this idea of these smaller breweries popping up in these neighborhoods that maybe don't have a brewery, or maybe have strong you know neighborhood bar kind of places, but a brewery kind of replacing some of that. Um, idea, it's really, really fascinating to me to see a place like this, uh, off track not just Dunlap, but off track Sprouting up right here in in the shadow, basically, of Rheingeist, and it's really, really, really cool to me to see a neighborhood brewery in a neighborhood that has the biggest brewery in the yep. city. Like it's because that's not a neighborhood brewery. Right. It's it's very much a, a regional kind of powerhouse, even though it's yeah you're you're, you're sandwiched in between these mm-hmm. places. But uh, yes. it's it's really really cool to me to see a place like this happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you know, Lisa Rheingeist has its its definite place and the city and sam adams on the other side has its definite place in the city and it's um and then a place like this has its definite place in the city and it's it's really really cool to me to see that happen and uh i i hope people kind of understand what it is and and why it is and and kind of get that uh that idea behind um these different um these different types of places and how important they are to creating these different layers
1: within a beer scene. Yeah, uh, just the fabric of the of, of the community. Right. Um, just, you know there's. Yeah.
2: It gives us is, this idea that when people come down. They know about the big. Beers, right. It? But then they start walking around and they find like our place. You know. Well, let's go over here. And we'll have a. Their beer or something like that. Right. Well, that's what what we think. That, since we're down here, that that's you know, things that. You know, makes it nice about it us being in this area because a lot of people don't know about us. Right. But when they're walking around, they hear somebody up at the front, guys, over at Sam Adamson. Hey, you ever tried an off-track here? No, but let's go over and try one <laughs> right. at the Dunlap and see what we're right. doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that makes it nice, too. Yeah. Uh, what kind of,
0: you know talking about the future of what 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 off track is supposed to be kind of long term um Obviously, it's never going to be Rheingeist. It's never going to be that next big, you know, regional powerhouse of a brewery. Uh, how, where does it go? How how big does it get? Do you expect that you guys will ever have your own tap room, or is this kind of the long term goal? Is just to be in a place like this? And
1: yeah, no, we do we do expect to have a tap room in a couple of years. Uh, the building that we're at over on Stark Street is we're we're in the back of it currently in in the garage space, but there is a front space, it's currently office space that would build out into a nice tap room space and there's an upstairs area as well that would make a nice, you know, banquet space. Right. And overlooks the park hannah park which is uh, right across the street there the same way
0: that i have a fear that um having you know, beer like your beer at a place like the dunlap will give away the secret yes. i feel like if that turns into a topic it'll also give away some of my favorite parking spots
1: yes when you come over here that's exactly <laughs> right and i don't want to tap that too much because i'm afraid i'm going to roll in one of these days and there'll be a no parking sign right in that parking lot so i'm not i'm not going to reveal exactly where that is there's some great yes.
0: parking in that part of uh (laughs) The city, no (laughs) doubt about
1: it, and but but that is the ultimate goal. I mean, you know, um, for a a brewery our size, it's very difficult to to make money uh, selling kegs retail. You have to you have to sell it across the bar directly, and even then, it's, it's it's you know, it's it's not a it's not going to replace our our yeah. income necessarily. You right. know, uh, we'd like to get close to that. You know, Dave, uh, congratulations. He's retired from his day job on Friday. And Congrats. so, yes. so Thank he's, you. he's going to be taking over, uh, you know, more and more, and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll continue working. You know, until I, I get to that point. But ultimately, it, it's a lifestyle decision at, at some point. Right. And obviously, you wanna you wanna pay pay the rent and the and the utilities and take a vacation. You know, every now and then, but. <laughs> It's you know. It's uh, somebody
0: or, or, made a joke to me one time that the only people that can open a brewery and work there full time from day one are people that are retired or have a spouse that makes good money. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's just, exactly it's the right. Only yeah,
1: they're they <laughs> exactly both of those stories out, yes. out there for sure. But um, but that's what we're going for, and it, so it's it, you know keep it small. Um, you know, maybe we'll have. A, a more of a production area and a warehouse across the street or something like that if, right. if things continue to grow because we are a little bit capacity constrained in, in our space right now but but we've got um, you know probably three to 5,000 square feet to work with um, you know, half of that being brew- brewery space over there. And You guys are on a five-barrel brew house, is that right? Yes. Um,
0: so g- decent sized for a a a good mm-hmm. production space. I mean, you're not it going is. to uh, you're not going to be busting your ass trying to keep up with everything constantly, but at the same time, yeah, that's you right. Can, you can you can make some some decent sized batches, especially if you're double batching and things like that into timber. Correct. From, you know, yeah. Yeah, we can
1: definitely at least some comfort. You know, I guess production, for, you know, c- production. You know, right now we, we make more than than you know. We'd like to ha- we'd like to have more turnover, so we could have more more variety, more styles available at any given time. But um, you know, production production wise, I, I think you know we've got plenty of capacity. And uh, you know, with a tap room in a few years, you know, Ohio's made it very easy. Uh, you know, to open and operate a tap room. In fact, you can have a. Uh, your, your tap room doesn't even have to be attached to your your brewery plant anymore. Right. It it could actually be. It's like five know, miles or something, isn't like it? Like five miles which away. Which in, in a
0: place like OTR, it's like yeah. okay, that's you know, so all
1: of the city. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, we could we could have a tap room at Finley Market if we wanted to. for right. You know, for example, so there there are a lot of options down well, which here. Which would be amazing in, in this neighborhood. But... So. Um, but you know you've got you've got FC you know coming online. Right. You, you've got more and more residential, uh, you know, development in some of these the historic buildings, these beautiful buildings that have been boarded up for you know fifty years that are starting to come around finally in this neck of the woods. Um,
0: well, you know, when 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 Ryan guys came into this part of OTR, there really wasn't a whole lot of reasons for people to walk up here, and now with them being here you guys are here northern row in theory will eventually have a tap room that's open right you know it creates this other little pocket of places for people say you know what i this is where we're gonna go we're not going to go you know further down i mean not that it's that far to get to Tafs. or you're gonna right it creates the space that they can have this little northern otr kind of uh loop Mm -hmm. that they can do and uh like that's that's cool. Like these Absolutely. little mini brewery districts within something yeah. bigger is fun. And
1: and you and we're in the brewery district. We've got these historic, you know, brewery buildings up on the hill there. Um, you know, we're we're right in the heart of it here, right. and it really deserves more brewing activity than, than yes. it has right now.
0: One, well, I appreciate immensely. The more traditional German styles. Uh, not that I don't love IPAs and New Englands and all this other stuff mm-hmm. that's happening, but especially being here in OTR, I feel mm-hmm. like there is such a uh, an opportunity to kind of give some kind of respect to that heritage that you know mm-hmm. this this has, but doesn't often get done, or right. doesn't get done in a big way that people recognize, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think we're more about uh, making fewer high quality beers, you know, traditional styles. Right. And as opposed to, you know, throwing anything, you know, on the wall and seeing what sticks, you know, not that there aren't a, a lot of cool, creative, you know, brews out there. It's just not really our style. Right. And I think that. Um, You know, there's definitely, you know, I know myself personally, I I go through cycles where I'll, I'll go experiment like crazy and then, and then I'll come back to, you know, a certain thing, (laughs) you know, for a while and then everybody does that, but there's always going to be a role for just really, really well done traditional styles. I think
0: it's, um, there'll be, you know, like a week and, um, you know, every night I'll, I'll come home and crack open a beer and I might grab a new England or whatever it is, you know, then that day that I grabbed just a Vienna lager or a sports beer or something, that first sip, like, there's there's an audible difference. It's a, oh, you know, it's just, oh, there it is, you know, like that, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that thing that just brings you back to um, drinking a beer. Not that, you know, if, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, like, that, that act of just, like, just, just drinking and not, like... Not fussing over what the latest hop variety that's mm-hmm. out there is, or you know whatever it may be. It's a, it's just a not that you you can't fuss over them if you you want to, yeah. but um, it just it brings you back to something else that uh, I feel like we've we've lost in a lot yeah. of this craft beer. Fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just you know, just the the simplicity and the subtlety of, of, of some styles exactly. that, yes. that you, you you forget how to appreciate. Just the, the basic ingredients and and the quality uh, and the clean, cleanliness of, right. of, of of things. So
0: well, and and you know a lot of a lot of those more traditional German styles are little little lower in the ABV. You can yep. drink a few more of them, and I mm-hmm. yeah. You know.
1: yeah. And that, that's another selfish reason why we brew more sessionable beers because right. we, we like to drink. We yes. like to drink beer, yes. and uh, you know I'd rather I'd rather have a have a few. Um, I say that as we're getting ready to head into Bach Fest where it's not that <laughs> way. Yeah, you can get in trouble quickly there. I've, done, I've been there, done that for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people have in the city.
0: Um, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm impressed that you guys make a Bach beer. Um, considering your constraints on, you know, your your outlets to send it to and things like that, it's it's one of those beers that um, the city falls in love with for one month and then they yep. are done. If,
1: with. if <laughs> that, if that, and <laughs> in fact, we did a we did a two-thirds batch on our system, so uh, you know, instead of instead of brewing five barrels, we brew like we, we brewed like you know three and a half. Right. And so, uh, understanding that. Um, you know, we'll have a couple of half barrels at Bockfest in, in the craft beer tent right. this year. We we did last year as well, and then whatever we sell here over the weekend at the Dunlap Cafe, that's probably going to be it. We might uh, we might get a few sales the the week before. Uh, we're having a keg tapping of the Bock next Thursday here at the Dunlap, and we're and we're going to do a uh, a tour of the brewery on on Thursday as well. But the week Let's after Bock. Coming Thursday, coming Thursday, depending on when you're listening to
0: this. Yes. Correct,
1: <laughs> which is the 13th, I think, something like that. So Yes. Two, yes. So two weeks before, before Bach Fest, right. oh, yeah. okay. but yeah. not too many people are, are drinking Bach. After Bachfest, they're recovering. They're like, uh you know,
0: I think I still have. I'm good till
1: next year. (laughs) I think I
0: still have a couple cans of Bach beer from last year in one of my beer fridges. I'm not going to name which one it is because it wasn't
1: great. But I mean, you you could always go down to Arnold's. They have you know like 25 different Bach beers on tap down there, and I'm sure I'm sure they have plenty left over on on the on the Monday after. So
0: (laughs) now, what are we going to do with all of this beer? (laughs) It's it's I've never. Seen, I don't know the city that kind of latches on to bach beer the same way that we do here in Cincinnati. I don't, I don't think anybody weird does. Thing about it. it. I mean, you know, everybody likes to talk about Oktoberfest and the way the city goes out for Oktoberfest, but there's a lot of really great Oktoberfest celebrations around the country. But bach yeah, fest, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're yeah. pretty weird in that. <laughs> um, uh, talk about kind of b- bigger picture. Um craft beer in general it's changing I think a little bit Um, it's it's growing it's evolving what it means and kind of how people uh, relate to it is changing a little bit differently Um, does that affect you guys at all does it affect kind of how you think about what off track is or could be in five years ten years whatever versus when the idea started Yeah, it's a a big question.
1: Sure. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you know, clearly we had no idea what we're getting into. Uh, You know, very fortunate to have hooked up with the Dunlap Cafe. We've learned a lot, and yeah, it's it's definitely changed. I mean, you you, you continue to hear that you know, you know, the market's saturated. I heard that when we had ten breweries, and then twenty, and now we have 60. Um, 70 depending on how you count. Yeah, seventy, depending on how you count. So. You know, I think that at some point when we have an economic turndown, there will be some shakeout in, in the industry. But, you know, Cincinnati is a, is a kind of you, you build it and they will come, you know, type place. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a festival or a brewery or uh, people like to drink beer around here and, and lots of it. And um, I'm always amazed at how, you know, how well, you know, the, the industry does around here. It's it's you know ridiculous really but you know at, at some point i think there'll be a shakeout but you know i i would say the biggest thing um like i mentioned before is You know, maybe maybe the regionals uh, you know, are sort of topping out. uh, You know, the bigger ones, but uh, I think a lot of smaller breweries are looking more at it, more at a bar model than than a brewery model. It's it's a bar that happens to make their own really good beer in in the back, and and maybe you mix that with, you know, with liquor and and wine as well. And if if you can do you know, maybe some local you know, local wine and and or even a local distillery and, and and kind of marry those kinds of things together. You can have a nice little neighborhood bar more from a bar model than than a than a brewery model which is would be more you know, distribution and canning and bottling which you have to have skill to do to, to do that. So
0: well and I think when you when you look at a place like you guys you start to see this picture of, of what craft beer could become and what i in my head craft beer was at one time where it is you know that hyper hyper local i'm not i'm not talking about a small little corner of the city i'm talking about a literal neighborhood like this, where this is yep. your your neighborhood bar, and oh yeah, they've yeah. they've got their own beer. You know that that idea is really really interesting to me. If if it's sustainable, which I don't know, and a lot of people would tell me no, like this is not a sustainable idea for a brewery. Um,
1: well, I think it's a, I think it's as sustainable as as any other bar idea is, and a lot of it depends on you know how well it's managed, you know, what is it, is it, is it the right theme? Is it the right, right you know, does it have the right feels is in the right location? So, I mean, it's like anything else, whether it's a bar or a restaurant or a, or a, you know, a retail shop, it's, you know, it, it's, it's hit and miss, but there's, they're all, there's always a new, you know, a uh, small business that's willing to, to come in and right. give it a shot, and and some of them make them, some of them make up, some of them, some of them don't. I don't think it's any different in in the brewery, brewery business. business. Yeah.
2: yeah, I was thinking that uh, you know, like pre-prohibition, that's what all you had around. It's mostly just small breweries around everywhere. Yeah, you know? right. So that's why I say prohibition. As long as we don't have a prohibition again, that'll never we'll be, happen. That's again. what I say I don't think it'll <laughs> we'll ever happen again. But that's what I mean. That kind of destroyed a lot of the the smaller breweries that started before that, you know, so, but we're getting back to that again. It was a, it was
0: a, it was a weird combination of a couple factors though. It wasn't just prohibition that did it. It was even after prohibition, after brewing was legal again, it was this growth of these massive breweries Mm -hmm. and they destroyed this, this, this even regional kind of idea of what a brewery is. And that is kind of, I guess, part of the fear too, is that as craft beer keeps on growing, craft beer becomes that thing that at one time it was fighting against you know yeah. so it's uh mm-hmm. it, it, you know to what end as a, uh, as a as a craft brewery you know how, how how big is too big is one of the answers that i always like to ask but um yep what are some of the fears that you guys have um being in the middle of this now Fears, um, fears about craft beer, fears about sure. gear brewery, fears about well, OTR, fears about Cincinnati. In I mean, I
1: think you know. I think you know. One of my fears as a business owner is uh, regulations. Um, you know, I think that uh, over time there will be stricter. You know regulations on on water usage and usage of you know of, of chemicals for cleaning and, and disposal of of grain and yeast and, and that kind of thing, which uh, you know could really be detrimental to a very small mm-hmm. yes. brewery. I mean, we try to you know, to recycle and be as as uh, you know you know as uh you know with our water and uh you know our waste as much as we possibly can be
0: couldn't you guys just uh drive a forklift over here and dump it behind Ryan guys, and so nobody would notice and just dump it in with all well, of
1: we do have a how do
0: they get rid of their spank yeah, that's got, interesting
1: there's this this company right behind you emmer's uh-huh. which has been around since the 1800s uh reprocesses spent grain and yeast and that's interesting they um uh, literally uh, bell's brewery uh-huh. uh founders in michigan they truck their uh uh tanker trucks of yeast down here from that's michigan that's crazy they literally pull, I had no they, idea. They pull into this alley. They pump it into this building. They mix it with cornmeal and, and spent grain and turn it into hockey pucks and feed it to, to cows and pigs. Well,
0: that uh, that explains some of the uh, the smell down here sometimes. That's, ex- that's exactly <laughs> that's, right. That's, that is that's, fascinating to That's me. where that
1: comes from. And uh, all due respect, they've been around here longer oh, than, yeah. than any of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, but... Um, it does. It does emanate a, a, a distinctive <laughs> smell sometimes, and we blame it on Rhine guys. Right, so. guys right. for St. Adams. You know,
0: depending on which way the wind's blowing. <laughs> That's really fascinating. I had no idea that. I mean, mm-hmm. I I've walked past it a hundred times, and it's always making funny noises and stuff, and I just never knew what that place mm-hmm. was. That is fascinating. It's,
1: it's an old school plant. Uh, I know they they put some investment into it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It's. It's mind-boggling to me that to to see these tractor trailers maneuvering, you know, th- oh, through yeah. these alleys and things like <laughs> that. But they do it on, you know, all day and all night. Right. You know, I've got a uh, our neighbor in a residence over where the brewery is. These um, he, these trucks are out in front in front of his house all night, and so. Um, it, it is very fascinating, you know. Once you once you go on, you know, west of, of Dunlap, it, it's all you know, pretty much industrialized, right. which is one of the reasons why you never had a need to, to walk into this neighborhood before. Right. And so, Dunlap is kind of on that border between up and coming northern, you know, Ryan Guys Finley Market area, and more of an industrial kind of warehouse area on the other side. And, and we're we're kind of in the middle of that, which is. Right. One of the reasons why it's sort of off the track, you right. know, to get there. So, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: again, bigger picture kind of stuff. Cincinnati, um, we've definitely made some major progress of what the city is and and what how the city is is seen to a lot of people. Uh, what are some of the, the thoughts, opinions, fears again about kind of? what the city is doing to make um to make it friendly for beer make it not friendly for beer um i think everybody anticipated there being a lot more breweries downtown quote-unquote downtown than than there are now like it's a lot of people are choosing to go to those those suburb locations and find their own pocket out there because there's a lot of people there
1: yeah again i I think it has a lot to do with regulations and um you know the state has made it very easy um you know federal level uh for small breweries it, it's much easier as well um you drill down in, into the municipalities it's, it's going to be you know um township by township and and some of some of these smaller townships are doing everything they can to get to get they recognize that that these breweries bring business into their communities and um and it, it's a lot easier to to build a brewery, right. in, uh than maybe it is in downtown Cincinnati. You know, you know we had we had a good experience with with Cincinnati, but it, I know that um, with with, a, with some of the residential development and some of the other development around here, you know, like anything else, there's there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through, and um it it can deter you know people from from having to go through that it takes time it takes some money and patience just just to get through the process um why
0: jump through those hoops um right why why not open up a brewery in you know x neighborhood that doesn't have one right now that's a
1: suburb that's outside of you know otr well you would here because of the history i mean number one you're you're in the the original You know, brewery district, probably one of the top three brewery districts in the the entire country uh, in its time, uh, outside of Chicago and New York. Right. Um, And if things had sort of taken a different turn, you know, pre- and and post-prohibition, you know, Cincinnati could have been Chicago. And so... um, um, uh, the history alone is is a reason to do it. Uh, you know, just the the population down here. You know, I've lived downtown for ten years, and when I first moved down there, there was only one restaurant on Vine Street, and uh, so you've seen unbelievable growth. And it, it's a commitment. It's unlike where it was before, where people came downtown to party and they went back into the suburbs. Now people are living. Living and working downtown, so it, it's it's a much more sustainable population down here, and it's easy for people to walk to and get on the streetcar and ride to Uber. Right. It's just, um, I think your audience here is is huge. You're much more limited when you go out uh, to one of the suburbs. Not that they don't, not that they don't have plenty of plenty of audience out there, but right. it's 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 it's. I think it's worth worth the hassle. to to establish that and respect the history and uh and 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 really kind of piggyback on on the momentum that's already taken place here in in the brewery district
0: was there ever a thought to do this somewhere else or did it not even cross your mind no it
1: (laughs) you know probably not i mean we you know we sort of grew up out in anderson township ourselves um and um, when the whole idea of starting a, a commercial brewery started to come into focus, it was uh, I, w- I was already kind of committed to downtown, and just fell in love, you know, again with the history and I mean the idea of, of having a brewery like you say with you know with Ryan Geist's right. shadow on one side, you've got uh you know jackson brewery on the hill you've got cliffside you know Fells and house you know sam adams over on, on on the left there it's incredible i mean it, it really is to think about what we were doing 20 mm-hmm. years ago and to be right in the middle of this right now it's just absolutely in- incredible and
2: yeah, we didn't think of anything like that, that ever happened to us 10 years ago but then as you moved downtown you know, or thinking about it more and more and it's just, okay,
0: it's safe down here. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. No, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's amazing how and not that this is, you know, all beer that did this, obviously some of the development that's happened in other places yeah. OTR is definitely a huge part of it, but um it's amazing to me to hear um some of the people that if I had talked to them ten years ago oh well, we're, we're not going down there but now they yep. they will they'll, they'll park over here and they'll walk to around they'll they'll mm-hmm. walk all the way over to Christian Moorline or down to Tafts you know and they're, they're like it's it, it's it's exciting it makes me feel good about where the city is going and where you know where it's gonna be when when my kids are out getting drunk with their friends and, <laughs> you know like it's it's mm-hmm. really really cool and I uh, it again it, it, it makes me feel really good about the city yes yeah for sure if you could uh if you can put it into words why why do you make beer why why is this what you do well i mean it's part of what you do i guess at this point but well, why <laughs> But there's, but um, there's a lot of great beer. You know, you don't like I. I sure. love beer as much as we, we could easily go next and, guy. And I drink, don't make my own beer drink anymore. Any great beer?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's not for everybody. I mean, it, it's a process. You know, I, I think you know for me, uh, and I can probably speak for for Dave a little bit. Is it's uh, we enjoy the process itself. It's it's you know, it's part science, it's part you know, engineering, you know, physics. Uh, you know, chemistry, biology—you know—all of that you know comes into play. Plumbing, electric—you know—so you there's a lot of. Where do you lean in that picture though? Like I've met I've met brewers who got into
0: it because they like the the chemistry of it, the the biology, the you know the the yeast wranglers. You know, I've I've met yeah. guys that are that are the tinkerers. You know, they they like to build their their brew house and they like to mm-hmm. always be. Start fiddling with it, or, or whatever that thing is. You know, there's these different types of personalities. Yes. Mean, what is it for yeah. you? guys?
1: I mean, I, I think Dave's more. You know, he's more of the uh, the mechanical, the builder, the, the tinkerer. You yes. know, I'm I'm more of a process guy. Right. I mean, I'm I'm the kind of guy that'll. That'll break something down and try to make it more efficient, you know, start to finish. You've got lots of to-do lists. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I have to-do lists for to-do lists. Right. Both of us. And I like. I'd like to think that I'm a little bit creative in terms of, you know, trying to come up with different recipes and things like that. And and I'm and I'm more on the business side of, of things as well cause that's more my background. And then, um, you know, you know, Dave is more, you know, he, he can pretty Practical much do everything stuff. else. Yeah. So, so it's a good partnership. Yes. the
0: two of us. So it, it's, it's a combination of all of those things and just kind of that,
2: um, it's just the love of the product. That's what we always say. we.
1: Yeah. But at the end of the day, the, the satisfaction of, of, you know, making good product, and, and we dumped we dumped five barrels of, of pilsner uh, two or three weeks ago because it just wasn't very good. But the first one we did turned out really well. We uh, we were inexperienced with with lager yeast because we've only brewed you know like four lagers in, in our lifetimes, and it just didn't it didn't it didn't take off. It didn't work out very well, so we ended up dumping it and brewed another one. So. We, there's just a lot of satisfaction of making a good product and seeing the, and and uh, seeing the the enjoyment that, that people have in in drinking it and just that that social aspect of it is is just a lot of fun. Um, if you.
0: I mean, this is hard since you still have a day job. But if you were not going to spend all of your free time in the brewing industry, um, where where would you be? What would you be doing if it, if, if beer was not a thing?
1: Right, it's uh, a good question. <laughs> I mean, I you know I, I've probably traded off. Uh, golfing and <laughs> I
0: know at a certain point beer takes and
1: over and it just becomes the hobby <laughs> and you know. Well, you're, you're a big uh,
2: <laughs> avid snow skier, you know, so they would cars. be up uh, at snow do, skiing all the time during like, I mean, winter.
1: When when I'm not brewing and I'm not working, I'm I'm outside somewhere. I mean, I'm hiking or, or skiing yes. or uh, you know on, on a lake or a creek or a, a river somewhere. I'd be tinkering. Um,
2: I like to work with my hands. So. What what.
0: What type of stuff do you like to work on? Is it like a, like a car kind of guy or...
2: No, no not really. Uh, I mostly work on fixing yeah. mechanical problems or electrical problems around your house or something. Right. So I, I do, do mostly that. Because that's kind of what I did, you know, right. throughout my entire working career. So, uh, you know, I, I want to carry it over, but, uh, you know, so... Yeah, I like to like to tinker and build things. And
0: Do you think that um, as you know, generations have changed and uh, I don't want to call out the millennials or whatever, but um, do you think that we're losing people like that, that like that tinkering side of things? <laughs>
2: Definitely. I think we are. It's, it's a sad part about things. There's uh, a lot of uh, electronic things that uh, made people... Kind of lazy because now they can just push a button and do something. Or if somebody, but we're going to still need these. If guys something broke around tinkering. the house, like
0: I feel like my, you know, my dad, my grandpa, these guys, you know, if something broke around the house, you, you fixed it. You, that's you, right. You, you pulled it out right. to the garage, put it on the workbench, and you figured out there was fifteen projects going on that we're trying to fix. But you know, whereas now I think everybody this this you know, all right throw it away, we'll get another one. And, yeah, back you know. in
2: the day, that's you know, you fixed anything that broke at your house, you fix it yourself. Right. You know, ninety percent of the time now. But but today's generation, they're they're not able to do that, so <laughs> they're calling up this. You know, so,
0: I'll take the uh, yes. Mm-hmm. She's good. Sure. Like
1: <laughs> Thanks, Hand Rachel. signals
0: and uh, flailing of arms just f- put us in an order for more beers. <laughs> just
1: throw the thumbs um, up, and you're good to go.
0: <laughs> um, I, I'm excited to try to try the uh, uh, hop, hop 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 the track hop the track hop the track. Yeah, um, and talk about that, but. Um, I lost my train of thought Where I was going Um, While I'm thinking about it And while it's in front of me On top of the uh, uh, The show notes um, If you have any thoughts Or opinions on anything You can always contribute As a uh, A listener You can send an email To Scentsybrewcast At gmail.com Or or you can call the drunk line, and if it's really good, I'll play it on the air. If it's really bad, I'll probably play it on the air. You can call five six seven seventy drink, and uh, I probably should have done five six seven <laughs> seventy drunk, but uh, I was trying to be more professional about it. Um, so you can always call and, and leave your thoughts or opinions. And if you really like the show and you like what we're doing um, with the the podcasts, because I do have another podcast, we'll talk about that later. Um, and uh, the, the blog and all that, you can support monetarily if you go to the slash support. You don't have to. It's not going to end or anything like that if you don't give me money. But um, it definitely makes things easier and makes my wife uh, stay off my back a little bit. So if you want to support the show, do that. <clears throat> other shows, uh, Drinking with a Gnome, there is that. You can always, uh, whatever you're listening to this podcast on, search for Drinking with a Gnome. That's a whole other show where we talk about bars and booze and things like that. Um, Or Monday nights at nine, we do the weekly pint on Facebook, a live uh, stream of consciousness of whatever is happening in my life at that time. Usually um, a battle with my toddler. (laughs) It's usually what half (laughs) the show ends up talking about. I uh, I thought in my head. So uh, this is completely off. Off track, off track. <laughs> but we're, um, we're. my toddler usually goes to bed ar- around eight, so I thought that's that's fine. I can I'll, I'll make the show time at nine p.m. That gives us t- a little bit of time on either end to uh, to kind of fall into when the show is supposed to be. And I thought that would be great. And man, it's not. <laughs> I can't tell you how many weeks, and it just happens to be on a Monday when the show is supposed to happen. She just refuses to go to bed, so the first half of the show is me just stressed out and just desperately needing the drink that I'm drinking. <laughs> Eventually, the uh, the the show is going to end up me just silent, sitting there, and every once while you hear me taking a drink of whatever <laughs> I'm drinking. But, um, so you can always tune into that, too. Sure. Um, let's um, let me finish my Schwarzbeer, yep. um, which is, I think, the proper pronunciation. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, that Luke from Sonder be- will say that in the three times. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tell me what hops are in this
1: specifically this batch. Um. Centennial primarily. Okay. It's um, quite honestly, it's a it's a it's a playoff bells two hearted, and uh, I I would call it a little, little lighter version of a bells. It's six percent, which is uh, you know the hop track series. the, the base um, beer is, is a six percent pale ale, and then we you know we'll rotate different types of hops through it. The the IBUs on it are probably more like. Fifty, you know, they're not. It's not seventy. Right. So um, there's uh, there might be a little bit of Cascade in there, but it's it's probably ninety five percent Centennial. It's good. It um it's really drinkable. It's
0: uh it's one of those beers that definitely has that hop flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just a hair. It's obviously not a, a session IPA. You're not going to sit there and pound. You know, right? Twelve of these, but. It still is definitely uh quasi sessionable mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Rel- relatively that's, that's that yeah. range yeah. That you can have a couple of them and still mm-hmm. be, uh, be okay to uh yep. um, to walk to the bathroom <laughs>
1: right.
2: right yeah it's not made to be gulped then. Right. it's it's a sipping beer that we call it. So. mm-hmm.
1: I um sip it, all <laughs>
2: yeah, sip, it all, <laughs> sip it all day. Sip it all day. Sip it all day yeah. all
0: night and then you wake up in the morning, <laughs> have another one, and all oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what is the uh the plan so you guys do they do they fill growlers here at they do. Yeah, yeah they, they do. Will. Yeah. Is there any plan for some kind of packaging to make that easier on people to take beer home with them be
1: it crowlers
0: or whatever
1: the uh... yeah i think there are some plans right now basically we got a two cap two tap kegerator in, right. in the back corner um it's not ideally set up for growler fills right. there's there's a spot in the middle of the bar that used to be a draft station uh there, there's a basement down below you know that was used for storage back in the day and so yeah we've, we've got some we've got some ideas to, to set up um, you know it's not going to be a, a 10 tap system it, you know it but it might, you know we'll, we might have four or five beers on draft and a better setup for for growler fills uh, where people could walk in to the corner of the bar uh, you know pay for it pick it up so we, we, definitely in the works.
0: I drink a lot more beer at home now than I do when I'm out places again, going back to the toddler.
2: (laughs) Yes. Uh, I often
0: call the terrorist and it's, it's a lot easier to uh, be at home and crack open a beer than to try to get out somewhere and do it. And I know that I'm not the only one that's in that position. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know? <laughs> you know, growlers and growlers and cans and bottles and things like that would make all of that a whole lot easier for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we talk about doing just some regular, um, you know, growler nights where we might even, you know, pre-fill some growlers. You know, I know everybody likes to, to see their growler filled right in front of them, but if you remember... Back in the day, when, when Mount Carmel was filling right. growlers and putting some Scotch tape around the lid and selling them at Kroger's, you, yes, you yes. can't you, you can't do that anymore. But. Um, uh, there's nothing wrong with you know pre-filling some growlers a couple hours ahead of time and selling them that way, but so yeah, we're we're working on some uh, things here. I think there's probably a lot of things that are actually better about that
0: for a lot mm-hmm. of people, be it the the person behind the bar that's got you know four people for deep sure. and is trying
1: to fill a growler and that's exactly or, right. Uh, that's one of the things I notice when I when I go visit other tap rooms is how much time it takes away from oh, yeah. serving the regular customers. You know, you by the time it takes you to to fill. A a, a two-pint crowler you could have sold four or five pints <laughs> right. of beer to you know to the rest you know, the rest of the people in line so right. uh, that is an issue and you know with limited staff you know you want you want you want to make it as efficient as possible for sure um how how, how big is is too
0: big for you guys um, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but um, obviously the idea is for you guys to grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. But how much before you think this starts to change into something else? I've, I've talked to a lot of brewers, yeah. a, a lot of brewers that are now pretty big in the city. And <clears throat> when they started, they were all bright eyed and bushy tailed. And you talk to them now, and they sit in meetings and on phone calls all day and don't even get to step on the brew deck. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it, as long as we're not. Canning and, and distributing much. I mean, we're all, we're, go- we're obviously going to do a little bit of that, um, regardless. But if, if it's all about a, a tap room type experience, you know, on site, then how big is too big? Is um, you know,
2: like quickly can turn over our product.
1: I mean, there's there's an there's an optimal level that that we need to sell to you know replace our day jobs or, or you know however you want to put it and if you think about it we you know, we brew once a month maybe once every 6 weeks right now or we have capacity to probably do 4 to 6 times that much so mm-hmm. at the very least we could we could brew weekly and probably the the, the max out would be brewing twice a week Um I forget what that translates into in terms of barrels per year, but um you could do the math if if anybody's you know, wants to. Um and I think I think that's probably the max for us and I think it's probably a decent uh you know, scale that we can make a little bit of money, you know, hire a couple of people um, and just kinda like I say, it, it, it's it's still a lifestyle decision, right. you know, regardless of how you look at it. But it, it wouldn't consume us if we were if we were to do that. I don't think it would it would necessarily you know consume you know the rest of our lives, and that's a big part of it too, is having balance. You know it's easier said than done, having that balance with your family and uh, you know the other other types of interests that you have. So we never wanted to get into this and be consumed by it. We we've always, yeah. we always <laughs> want it to be fun, but... You still want that
0: ability to be able to sit down and yeah. have a beer sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Versus it's always it's running I mean. around
2: trying to keep up with making it. We retire When we retire from a 40-hour-a-week job... We don't want to get into where we're working eighty hours a week in our second job. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, exactly. my my father-in-law needs to listen to this episode. He, uh,
0: mm-hmm. the, the poor guy just turned seventy and still can't manage to retire properly. <laughs> yeah. He's just, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this little side job and then it turns into a, uh, a just long thing. Learn to <laughs> Yeah, his problem is he'll uh, he'll see a hot rod or something, but you know what? If I go back and just do this job, I can get that.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe this other job. Yeah, right, I understand right. that.
1: Yes. But I, I do. I think there's also an opportunity for somebody to come in at some point. Uh, you know, a younger person um, that you know, wants to do it as a career, and that could come in and say, "Hey, you know, we could take this whole thing to another level." Right. That that Dave and I. Don't really want to do, but but maybe somebody could come in at some point and say, "Hey, I've got I've got this idea. Uh, what we can do with this, and and you know, we could turn over the reins at some point and do more of the sitting at the bar and quality <laughs> control <laughs> aspect, right? Right?
0: Um, the, uh, the, I'm for that. the 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 damn Listerman instead of the yes, uh, <laughs> exactly. Just, just getting down. to enjoy the fruits and flavors. Um, that about does it for the show, guys. I uh, I hope that people come down here, and because you 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 have to come down here to understand what Off Track is about. It's Off Track and um, the Dunlap are, are are very closely entwined, in what it's about. It's about this this other thing that uh, is hidden, kind of behind the. Uh, uh, the fancy storefronts in OTR, the, uh, you know, the, the new places, the, uh, not that you guys aren't new, you guys are a new place, but you're kind of hearkening back to this thing that, uh, made this what it is. And, uh, I appreciate that a lot. And I, yep. I hope that other people do too. And I hope that, um, I hope this place doesn't get too crowded.
1: <laughs> right, right, yeah.
0: Again, but
1: yeah, you got you got to peel you got to peel a, a you know peel off a layer to to, to get back here and, and experience this. Um, but yep. uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's We'd a like great
2: place for everybody to come down just to try us out. Yeah.
0: What other that's, uh, uh, what we're all about on, on the on the beer side of things. What other things do you guys have planned this year that you didn't do last year that you're excited about? I know you talked about going. Real loggers, which obviously you guys have mm-hmm. um, already dabbled there, and you're for for not making a lot of loggers, you're you're nailing it.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, you know, I th- I think our our focus is you know again, it's is to just continue to you know improve the, the quality of what we're currently doing to have a, so, sort of a limited lineup, but just do it very very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think this summer we're, we're just going to look to do more. Events, festivals, collaborations, and, yes. and things like that. Building some awareness
0: of yes. what you guys are. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Slowly yep. grow.
1: Plus, the Dunlap has, has the beer garden right. out back. And uh, they've done some work on it. They did some work on it this fall, cleaned it up, and... Um, and we're trying to figure out how to access it from the bar because right mm-hmm. now you have to go outside and around you can't right. go through the kitchen so uh, we're trying to get it set up to, to where you can carry your beer uh you know on the sidewalk around to the back mm-hmm. and, and so forth so but uh it's a really cool space back there and that's going to be a lot of fun this summer as well right. yes um, at the brewery plant itself around the corner we we also have a beer garden space there and r- right now we're we're basically zoned for production only but we would like to to have some events over there which we'd you know at this point we'd probably need to get a a license like an event permit right. to, to do something like that but we'd like to start to introduce uh, the brewery location and open up the garage doors there and the beer garden over there, a couple times. It's, it's this summer. an actual
0: zoning issue, though, over there.
1: Yeah, and it's it's our choice. Um, it's just it was just a matter of of basically paying up for right. and potentially opening up other regulations along with it as well. Right. So, but um, but we're getting there. So it yeah. should be, it should be a fun summer.
0: Come to Dunlap. Come yep. come here and, and grab a beer and uh, and uh, a chili dog or uh, a hamburger or whatever it is that uh, that you want. Off the, off Bre- the i the breakfast all it day. So yeah, they got much. breakfast. Love it so done. much. Good food here. Um, everybody everybody talks about where to eat in OTR and. I, very on the top of my list. Is, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you guys very thank much. Thank you so much. Um, everybody that the listens, please share it. Um, do that. Just, just share it with like one person that doesn't know about the show. And um, that's how it keeps growing, and that's how... Um, That's how I'm able to to do other stuff. And I've got some really fun stuff that I'm working on that I would love to have the time to do. But I have to prove to my wife that it's worth it. Uh, We'll be back next week. And I'm playing music now so I don't have my show notes in front of me. So I don't know where I am next week. I have a really crazy schedule that I'm getting ready to dive into. Because kid number two is due in... A couple months. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Months. So, yes. Um, there's going to be a couple weeks that I have to have some shows in the can so that I can <laughs> keep this thing going <laughs> through all it. <laughs> Sensei Crewcast, The Voice of Sensei Craft.
2: <laughs>